Amen. Turn to somebody around you and tell them there is power in your praise. Turn to, your, to someone else. Turn to someone else. Don't, don't talk to that person again. Turn to someone else and tell them, hey, tell them, hey, second choice. I'm just kidding. That's mean, isn't it? That's mean. That's mean. But no, for real, tell them there's power. Point to them and tell them there's power in your praise. There is power in your praise. What do, what do you mean or how is there power in our praise? Well, let's look at it. There's numerous stories we could look at. And as a matter of fact, I'd like to talk about this today, and um, unless the Lord leads me otherwise, next Sunday as well we'll continue, and then the Sunday after that will be Soulmate Sunday. If you look in your bulletins, there's information about that. I would not miss Soulmate Sunday on February 16th. It'll be great whether you're single, dating, married, thinking about getting married, ever been married, want to be married, you have a relationship with your mailman. Not saying a, that kind of relationship, y'all. I'm just saying if you got a friendship with it, come on, come on. No, I'm saying we all have friendships, we all have relationships. This will help you all around the board. We've already started to design, and I've already begun preparing weeks out for this. I'm excited about Soulmate Sunday. So I'm going to teach today and next week, like I said, unless the Lord leads me otherwise, on the power of your praise. The power of praise. In Acts chapter 16, we see. Paul and Silas, they are obviously just like renegades. If you read the book of Acts, it's amazing. These guys are out just championing the cause of Christ, just, just going around, starting churches, getting people saved, healing the sick. Um, we see people getting baptized with the Holy Spirit. I mean, they are just, these guys are on fire. But yet, not everyone was a fan of that. And so in Acts 16, we see Paul and his friend Silas, they get locked up. Let's pick it up in verse 22. It says, Then the multitude rose up together against them, against Paul and Silas. And the magistrates tore off their clothes and commanded them to be beaten with rods. And when they had laid many stripes on them, they threw them into prison. So they got captured, beaten, and then thrown into prison. How many of y'all think you've had a bad week? Bad day. Serving God is just, you know, they got captured, beaten, and then thrown into prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. So in other words, they put them deep in the jail in a secure location, because this wasn't like the jails we have today, right? So they put them in the secure jail where you're not going to be able to get out. Having received such a charge, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. So not only are they now in the inner prison, but their feet are stuck together in, 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 a, um, in a such a way that they can't even move their feet. But at midnight, everybody say at midnight. Come on, say it again. Say at midnight. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. Now the King James Version and many other translations that, 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 that part there where it says singing hymns can also be translated to praising God. They were praising God. They were praying, but they were also singing hymns and praising God. They were praising God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were open, and everyone, say everyone, and everyone's chains 
chains were loosed. Everyone's chains were loosed. We see a Paul and Silas here that did not get frustrated, at least not at midnight, with where they had been. They, they knew that in order for them to get out of the situation they were in, there was only one solution. There was only one possibility at that point when everything else around them was dark, when everything else around them was pitch black, when there was no mobility, nowhere else to go. Now these are obviously, I mean, guys who were serving God, who had seen God already work miracles, and so you might think, well, it's easy for them. But, but I don't think that that was the case because, I, like I said, none of us have been through that. I don't know what it was like at what point in the day they got locked up. I don't know at what point in the day they got thrown into prison. But you notice it was at midnight when they began to pray and praise. See, I don't think there's anything wrong with us having a moment to grieve. To have a moment to be upset. How many of y'all have ever gotten upset? Nobody. Nobody gets upset, right, Miss Deborah? I've gotten upset. As a matter of fact, my sister's here today, so I'm going to be careful. But I come from a family where getting upset is our protocol. Come on, anybody? Anybody else? Maybe you come from a very even-keeled family. Now, what's great is I married a wife who comes from the opposite. Very even-keeled. If y'all ever see my wife upset, y'all let me know. It will, be a, it, will be, it will be a day. I mean, let me tell you. I've seen her upset, but, I mean, that's because she knows she can kind of let her guard down with me. But otherwise, I mean, she is just, this is, this is Miss Natalie. Right? Y'all know. Right? That's not me. That's not, at least not by my nature, all right? I mean, my nature, is, my, my tendency is there's an emotional reaction when something happens, right? And I think for most of us, that's probably the case. Maybe it's sadness, maybe it's mad, maybe it's whatever, but there's some sort of, of, of instantaneous, this thing happens and then I have a go-to action, right? I don't know what happened before midnight. But I know that whatever they tried before midnight didn't do what praise did at midnight. See, at midnight, they began to pray and they began to praise. They began to pray and they began to praise. They began to take their mouth and it wasn't quiet because you notice they were in the inner prison. Everybody say inner prison. They were in the inner prison and yet all of the prisoners heard them. That means that they were singing loudly. Now, nowhere that I've read does it say that Paul had some great vocal capabilities. Nowhere that I read was Silas an instrumental extraordinaire. I don't know. Maybe they were. Maybe they had voices of angels. I don't know. But what I know is, is they didn't care. They didn't care who heard them. They didn't care what you thought. They knew that the one who they were serving when they got thrown into prison was the one who was going to get them out. They knew that the one who had carried them through all the miracles to this point, the one who had died for them, the one who had saved them, the one who had turned their lives around, the one who provided eternal life with Jesus Christ in heaven, he's the one that is going to save me from my mess. He's the one. And that's who they were praising. That's where their attention turned. I put this, I have a weekly email. I hope that you guys will, oh, if you are new, that you'll 
um, share your email with me. I send stuff out every week. And in my weekly email this week, obviously this has been on my heart because I reminded myself and you that praise changes our posture. See, many times we just look here. This is us day to day. We're here. Actually, usually we're here. Come on, somebody. Any millennials in here? Where well, this is us all day, right? Or, or, we're, just, or we're just going. We're, we're, right, we're, we're looking ahead of us. We're looking in front of us. We're looking at what's happening around us. And so when a situation occurs, our tendency is to keep our focus there. Because that's what we've trained ourselves to do. But if we train ourselves to be praisers, if we train ourselves to focus our attention, yes, there may be a moment. Yes, there may be an upset. Yes, okay, you, you know, you got a result from the doctor that you never thought you'd get and you begin to cry and weep. Yes, I believe that all of that is natural and it's going to occur, but you can't stay there. See, at midnight, there's a midnight coming. There's a midnight coming. Now, at your midnight, are you going to praise? Are you going to look down at your shackles? I don't know, it doesn't specify, but I can't imagine that they were praising looking at their shackles. We're going to look at some words today that the Bible uses to describe praise. There's a total of nine Greek and Hebrew words that describe praise throughout the Bible. You know, Hebrew was what the original text of the Old Testament was written in, mostly. There's some Arabic and, and other things, but mostly Hebrew. In the New Testament, it was mostly written in Greek. So in the Old Testament and New Testament, there are nine. Everybody say nine. There are nine different words that describe praise. We're going to look at those. And as you look at them, you'll see different things. We're going to look at some today. And like I said, I'll get through as many as I can this week and next week. Hopefully, I can cover all nine. But in looking at that, I, I realize that there is a common theme that it's all directed upward. And so our posture changes when we praise. And the solution, y'all get this, this is important. If you're taking notes, I'd write this down. The solution comes from above. Now, it, come, it may come through a man. It may come through your spirit. God may tell you, here's how you're going to get out of that. And in your prayer, in your praise, in your time with God, God will speak to your spirit and say, let me tell you how you're going to fix this. Here's what you need to do. Here's who you need to talk to, right? And you go and you take that step and he says, now, I know that that seemed like it didn't work, but here's what you need to do next. Now that you've had that conversation, you go talk to this person. And now when you're talking to that person, all of a sudden they tell you something you didn't know before. And they say, now, here's how you're going to get out of the, the financial troubles. You're going to go over here and you're going to meet with this guy. Y'all see? And God will lead you through those kinds of things. So it may come in your spirit. It may come through man. But the solution is going to come from above. And it has to. Even if you have your own thoughts. How many of y'all have, how many of y'all are problem solvers? See, that's what, I, I'm a problem solver. I like to solve problems. Some of us aren't that way. We're, we're more wired to, you know, we want to go and have someone help us. And there's nothing wrong with that. All of us are different. But for me, I have to, I like to solve the problem. So what I've learned to do is I, I tend to think of my solution and then I take it to God. Because there's nothing wrong with having wisdom, but the Bible tells us to lean not on our own understanding. So there's nothing wrong with me having understanding and having knowledge, but I'm not going to lean on it. So when we look at these different words, I want us to also remember this. So number one, praise changes your posture. All right, praise changes your posture. The solution comes from above. Also, praise has no prerequisite. Praise 
has no prerequisite. I told y'all my story last week of how I almost didn't finish college because I took the wrong classes. Or I don't have time to tell the story again. But the reason is, is I took the wrong prerequisite. Right? Many of us have done that in college, right? In order to take a 200 or 300 level class, you have to take 100. Or you have to test in and say, I've, I've met those requirements in order to take that high level class. If you're going to go into a master's or a doctorate, what do you have to have first? You have to have an undergraduate degree. You have to have some knowledge and some paper that says, hey, I know what I'm doing. I know how to, how to, to move forward in this next level of education. There's a prerequisite. But see, praise has no prerequisite. If you think about it, you don't have to have music. See, many of us think that, right? Praise and worship, well, that's the first 20, 25 minutes, maybe 30 minutes of a service at church on Sunday, one, one Sunday a week. That's when I praise. New, 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 new. See, praise is a lifestyle. Praise has got to be part of your lifestyle. Praise, simply put, simply defined as this. I'm thanking God for what he has done, is doing, and is going to do. That's praise. And in, in, our, in our lifestyle, see, when we start doing that, again, our posture changes. Because even in a problem that I'm facing, if I begin to thank God for a solution, where does your attention go? It goes off of the, off of the problem into where the solution is going to come from. I like, I have a mantra that I live by. I know that God has a solution, I just need to find it. So never ever feel hopeless. Never ever feel like there's, there's no hope or there's nothing that's going to, no, no, no. See, God says that he'll meet all of your needs. God says all of your needs shall be supplied by him who, who has all of the riches. What does that mean? That means that God has everything to supply your needs. My God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory. That's the verse. That's the scripture. That's what we stand on. See, when you have that knowledge, you can praise God and say, okay, if this is a need, then my God's already met it. Did y'all notice how I worded that? I worded that in past tense. Well, why haven't I seen it yet? I don't know. Maybe you hadn't thanked him for it. Maybe you hadn't taken care of what he already gave you. Maybe you should thank him for what he already did. Thank him for the job you have now. Be faithful in the little you have now. And thank him, praise him in advance for what he's going to do. You know, they were praising him. It doesn't say that they were praising him for for setting them free. They were just praising him. They were just praying. They were just just directing their attention, directing their, their emotions, directing their feelings. They were directing it all to God. There wasn't any prayer. There was no band there. It wasn't, okay, all right. Uh, Paul and Silas here, uh, check one, two. Hey, can you bring over, um, I need uh, Tim to come play the drums, please. And uh, who's available for keys today? Can you bring them over? We're going we're to have a little worship session here. And Yeah, we're in the inner prison. Yeah, come quick. It's almost midnight. No, I mean, that didn't happen, right? I, I mean, they didn't need a band. They didn't need music. They didn't need good voices. That's what I mean when I say there's no pre- prerequisite. All that was required was them to open their mouth and praise. Open their mouth and direct their voice, their heart, their words, their thanks, their gratitude to the one who had pulled through before and who's going to pull through this time. 
You know what? I don't think they cared whether they got out of jail right then or not. I don't know. But I mean, I, I don't think that that was their point. I don't know if they even, I don't know what their expectations were. All I know is that praise was the catalyst that not only saved them, but set everyone free around them. Think about that. See, some of you have family, friends, neighbors, coworkers. What if your praise was the catalyst that changed their life? What if every time you came in, instead of being negative Nancy, you were positive Patsy? I don't know. I don't know. I, I couldn't think of a better P name. Y'all got a better P name? Positive Patricia. I don't know. What if you were praising Patsy? What if you, what if you praised a little bit more and a little bit less or no negativity? Life and death are in the power of your tongue. See, there's life in praise. There's positivity in praise. See, when I praise God, my, let's, let's start to look at some of these words. Can we do that? Can you put up that first? Actually, there's an introduction first. The first, just put up the first slide that says the power of praise there. We're, I'm going to read through some of this. I don't normally always do this, but um, I got some of this from, from my pastor. I don't know where I can stand, where y'all can still see it. I'm going to stand right here where y'all can still see it. All right. It says, the Bible is filled with examples of people worshiping the Lord through a wide variety of different types of praise. Praise lifts our hearts and spirits and helps us focus on something bigger than the mundane problems that plague our daily lives. Y'all see that? Next slide. Praise helps us give honor to the Lord, who is the only one worthy to be praised. Let me pause there. I want y'all to just imagine this, because maybe we, we, we need a perspective change. When you are, when all you talk about is the problem, you're praising the problem. You, you may not have looked at it that way, but if you think about it, if, if all we talk about is, I'm never going to get out of this. I don't know how this happened. I can't believe she did that. I can't believe he left me. I can't believe this happened. I can't believe such and such. I just don't know. I just blah, 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 blah. And the devil just always attacks me. And the devil just coming at me sideways in this way. And I, I just, every time I turn around, I know that blah, 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 blah. So you don't think you sound that way. Because you probably don't. Your voice is probably much nicer than that. But that might be how people hear it. And, and then you got God who's saying, um, hey, uh, remember my word? I've, I've already got a solution. I've already got a way out. Why are, you, why are you making such a big deal about? Now, again, please let me, let me be reasonable here. I don't think there's anything wrong with an initial reaction, but you can't stay there. You can't stay there because the solution's not there. The solution's not in the focus of the problem. The solution is in focusing on Jesus. It says, praise reminds us that the God who worked miracles in the Bible is still working today. Somebody say amen. Come on, y'all give God some praise for a second. He's still working today. Amen. Say that women say, God is still working today. Next slide. God is still working today. Sometimes we can get confused about how we should praise the Lord because we see so many differences between the churches we may attend at different times. Okay, so around here, you see, we, we, we praise. I mean, we're serious about praise. I jump up and down. I'm not a singer. I don't, I don't sing vocally. I'm not a, a vocal extraordinaire. 
As a matter of fact, if y'all notice, I try to talk and then remove the mic so y'all don't hear me sing. I don't want to ruin your worship. Amen? But, but I know how to praise. I know how to praise. And part of what I'm doing, to be transparent with you, is I'm trying to show you how to praise. And I'm going to prove it to you because there's nine words in the Bible that talk about, well, why do you jump up and down so much? I've never seen anybody jump in church. Because we should. It's in the Bible. There's a man who got healed and he went jumping and leaping and praising God. So don't get weirded out if I jump up and down. I'm just praising God. I'm just grateful. See, y'all don't know where I've come from. Y'all don't know what God brought me from. Y'all don't know what God's doing in my life. Y'all don't know where I'm going. Y'all don't know what's in store for me. And I'm praising God. Y'all don't mess with my praise now. I'm praising God. So that's, that's, that's part of how we do it. But, you, but, but in all real, you know, being realistic, you may have come from places, nothing wrong with them. Uh, I'm not downing other churches, but maybe they didn't praise that way. So we're going to look at, again, today and next Sunday. I, I had to set it up today, but today and next Sunday, I'm going to try to cover as many of these nine words as possible, and we'll look at what the Bible says of how we should praise. Part of that confusion is caused by the fact that various English versions of the Bible use the single word praise to mean many different things from what was originally written in the Bible. Next slide. Though there are a handful of words that we cannot translate as well as we would like, most of the time the word praise refers to six Hebrew words or three Greek words. So to, to expand on that just a little bit, when, y'all, y'all know every once in a while I'll show y'all the original Greek word. The reason I do that is because there are some words when, back in the day when they would translate the the Bible into English and it's been translated numerous times, they did the best they could to take a complicated language and translate it to English, right? It was difficult. How many of y'all have um, speak or bilingual? Who's bilingual in this room? I know we got some bilingual. Okay. All right. Um, Who, since there's most of us, including me, we're not bilingual. How many of y'all have tried to talk Spanish with someone? right? How many of y'all have ran into this problem if you're speaking to someone who primarily speaks Spanish and they'll, they'll get hung up on a word that they're trying to translate? Have y'all ever seen that? And the reason they're getting hung up is because there's not really an English word for that or a Spanish word for that. And they get hung up. The same thing actually on an even greater level happened from Hebrew to English and, on a, and it also happened from Greek to English. Does that make sense? So we're just, we're, we're looking at these different words because most of them translated to the single word praise so that by, that word would be in there and it means hallelujah, but they would just put praise. Or it means to raise your hands and to lift your hands forward, but the, the, the translators just put praise. Does that make sense? So we're going to look at those. Okay, to fully understand what it means to praise the Lord, we need to look at each of these words. Next slide. Each of these Hebrews and Greek, Hebrew and Greek words has a slightly different meaning and it takes all of them together for us to get the whole picture of what real praise is. Because these were different words in the original scriptures, the early readers of the Bible, they knew what it was meant when when these words were included. In other words, like again, if you knew Spanish, you would know what those words mean when someone say it, even though there might not be an English word for that, okay? But we have lost that understanding unless we take the time to learn what these words mean. Next slide. All right, first one is halal. Halal is the primary Hebrew word for praise. This is the, in the Old Testament, primary word that they used was halal. Halal. Halal, halal. Our word hallelujah comes from this word. 
So you notice about 67 times during each praise and worship session on Sundays, y'all hear me say hallelujah. Or I'll even encourage you, say hallelujah. Why? Why do we do that? Because it means to be clear, to shine, to boast, to rave, or to celebrate. So when you're saying hallelujah, when you're declaring hallelujah, you're celebrating, shining, and boasting about your God. You're giving praise to God. One of the ways that we do that is by saying hallelujah. Well, it just sounds so Christian-y and so, you know, yeah, it does. It, it does. And, it, and it's supposed to. Well, I don't know about saying that in front of my workers. They might, think, they might think I'm weird. Well, what does God think if you don't say it? I mean, is he not worthy to be praised in front of your coworkers? I mean, let me, let me, let me tell you something. I won't be, I, I, I've gotten news out in public before. I was on the phone one time, got news about something I believe in God for. I started praise dancing right in the middle on the phone. Praise God. Yes, sir. That's what I'm talking about. Praise the Lord. Yes. Hallelujah. The people in the, like, what's happening with that guy? Let me just push my cart over here. There's a weird guy in aisle three, right? I mean, I don't really care what they think. At that moment, I was thanking God because, see, I had praised him in my closet. I had praised him in the car. And then in the grocery store, when I get the news, why wouldn't I praise him then? Halal. Hallelujah. Make it a part of your vocabulary. Make it a part of your word. Psalms uh, 113, 1 through 3. Praise or halal the Lord. See, we see that there. The, the, go back. The word Praise is what we read if you read Psalms 113. But it actually, the original word was halal. Halal the Lord. Say hallelujah to the Lord. Praise, O servants of the Lord. Praise, halal the name of the Lord. Halal, say hallelujah. Scream hallelujah. Yell. Get it out. If yelling is not your personality, at least open your mouth. Don't just think it. See, the devil can't get in your head, but he hears your words. So sometimes we might think something negative, but what should come out of our mouth is hallelujah. Well, sometimes, pastor, I just, you know, I'd be cussing sometimes. Okay, well, when you do, take it back, say, Lord, forgive me, and then say hallelujah. Replace it. Train yourself. I'm not going to say that. I'm going to say hallelujah. See, sometimes I do that too. You see, y'all don't know. Y'all thought I was all positive about it. Sometimes when I stump my toe, Come on. I, I, nobody in here has let out a wrong word. Come on. Whether it was stumping your toe or something else, but you let out something you're not supposed to say. But see, I've trained myself. I don't. I'll say, hallelujah. Right? Let's keep going. Next verse. There's one other verse too. Another Psalms. Next slide. Psalms 150. That's right. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary, halal the Lord, halal God in his sanctuary, praise him in his mighty expanse, halal him in his mighty expanse. Next slide. This type of praise tends to include speaking. Everybody say speaking. Speaking. This tends to include speaking some word that gives glory to God. It requires your vocal cords to move. It requires audible noises and Sounds to come out of your mouth. That's halal. It's not silent. I mean, it, I, I, don't, I don't know if there's a certain volume level requirement, but it can't be thought. 
It's spoken, saying amen, saying hallelujah, praise the Lord, glory to God would be examples of how this aspect of praise could be used. Next slide. Halal praise is not necessarily loud. There you go. Nor does it need to draw attention to itself. It tends to be spontaneous and wells up from deep within us in response to something the Spirit reveals to us in the moment. How good is that? And this is something that we, we, we again, we train ourselves, so to speak, that, hey, as, 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 as the Spirit of God is dealing with me and moving within me and speaking to me, that this is going to be my natural response is to praise God. See, there's spiritual, spiritual things and there's man things that happen every day in our life, right? We say it like this around here. There's a God side of things and there's a man side of things. There's a God side and a man side. So when I have man reactions, they should be in praise, honor, and glory to God. This is one of those ways. Next slide. Though anyone can participate in halal praise by speaking a word of praise to the Lord, because it tends to include verbal expression, people who are less self-conscious about speaking in front of others tend to find this type of praise more comfortable than those who have a more quiet personality. That probably makes sense, but it does not negate the fact that it's still something we should do. All personalities should be something we work on. Maybe it does come more natural to you, but even if it doesn't, it should be something that we're doing. All right, next slide. I think we got the next Okay, one more. But since it does not have to be loud or in a group, it can be practiced even by those who are more quiet in nature. In other words, um, even if you're quiet, even if that's your natural inclination, you can still use halal type of praise. Next slide. Um, I hope, there we go. Okay, Shabbat. We're going to do this one, and then we're going to go, okay? Shabbat is a Hebrew word that means to shout. Everybody say hallelujah. hallelujah. See, you can put them together. See, so I can shabak and halal together. It means to shout, to address in a loud tone, to command or to triumph. See, y'all thought I was just crazy up here yelling. Now, some of y'all might have known this, but this is biblical. See, sometimes I was, a, actually, to be honest with you, I was even a little bit tame today. But sometimes when I just get to shouting and praising and then I pull the mic away and I'm just letting loose, I've got something to praise and shout and shabak about. I, and, I, and I think all of us, see, it, I don't have to look hard. I don't have to look long. I don't have to look far. I want to shout because I'm supposed to. So this is Hebrew. This is, again, coming from the Old Testament. Psalms 145.4, one generation shall shabak your works, shall yell about, boast about in a loud tone to triumph because God has worked on us. Right? And it's saying that we should Shabbat to another and declare your mighty acts. In other words, I'm not just doing this to myself. I'm shouting so others can hear me. I don't know if everybody got that. I'm not just shouting to myself. I do that. I do Shabbat in my car and I do, you know, get excited. And, and, and like I said, in, in my prayer closet or whatever you want to call it in my bedroom. But I also know that there's something about doing it in a church service about doing it in a grocery store. Isaiah 12, 6, cry aloud and Shabbat for joy. O inhabitant of Zion, for great in your midst is the Holy One of Israel. Now this is obviously Old Testament, I mean, uh, King James translations. Y'all can see this in different translations and, and get the gist of it. All right, next slide. I'm gonna wrap this up. This aspect of praise is similar to halal, but it is never quiet. It is always loud. 
though some people's personalities are quiet and therefore they may not be used to this aspect of praise, uh, for those who tend to have loud personalities anyway, this helps them channel their energy towards the Lord instead of worldly things. I think we all would agree with that, all right? I mean, if you're already naturally loud, then might as well just shabak it. Amen? Next slide. After all, better to shout for the Lord than to shout for the world. Amen. Next slide. One danger in this type of praise is that it is easy to make it about ourselves instead of about the Lord. So we must ask ourselves, are we shouting for the Lord or just to bring attention to ourselves? Right? We need to make sure that our heart and our motive is right. We want it to be genuine worship. We want it to be genuine praise. When our motive is to be heard by people, God will not bless our Shabbat praise. And typically those around us can tell when it is fake. Amen? Next slide. Is, there, is that it? That's the last one? Okay, good. Well, good. We got through the two. That's what I wanted to do. I wanted to cover because those are probably some of the most common, right? Saying hallelujah, saying Shabbat. Next week, I want to talk about some of the other ones that you might not even know. They were, they were even new for me. I mean, the word itself. I mean, I knew the concept, but, but it, it was enlightening. I encourage you to come back next week as we continue to talk about the power of praise. Amen? The power of praise. Let's just take a moment and just praise God before we go. Amen? Just, just thank you for something. Say, dear Heavenly Father, I thank you. I praise you. I thank you for everything you're doing. I thank you for what you're doing in this church. I thank you for what you're doing in my life. I thank you for what you're doing in my family's life. Lord, I thank you for your blessings. I thank you for the roof over my head. I thank you for the shoes on my feet. I thank you for the job that I have. Even if I don't have one today, I thank you that you're giving me one. Lord, I thank you for blessing me, keeping me safe, watching over me and protecting me. Y'all see how that praise works? See, as soon as I just turned that on, it just started to bubble up out of me. That's how we, we need to be praisers. We need to be praising God. We need to have that as a part of our life and our lifestyle. Our natural response is not to respond to the world, but to respond to praise. Praise changes your posture. Praise has no prerequisite. So take whatever comes your way and praise your way through it. Amen? Amen. Amen. If you got something out of this, say hallelujah. hallelujah. Come on, Shabbat, say hallelujah. Hallelujah.